Hallelujah. Good evening, everybody. We are on our last Q&A for 2020. 47. Right? Wow, 47. Yeah, 47. Q&A. Q&A. We have questions, stuff questions. And we give God the glory Amen. for giving us this opportunity. It was unusual circumstances that started this Q&A. God willing, we will continue into the next year too. And I thank the Lord and I want to thank everyone who sent the questions because your questions helped a lot of people. Mm. A lot of people who had unanswered questions. But because you chose to send in a question, it helped a lot of people. So we just want to thank God for this entire year. Today is the 26th. We started this Q&A, I think, sometime in April or May. April, I think, we started the Q&A. I'm not sure. But we come through 47 weeks and today is the 47th week so before we go to the Q&A we just thank God Father we just thank you we just thank you we just thank you Lord we thank you for giving us the opportunity to minister in so many different formats Lord with this Q&A we want to thank you for giving us the wisdom to answer Lord in us we do not have the answers but in you Lord we know we are able We just thank you for helping us through the Q&A. We thank you for everyone who asked the questions. We thank you for everyone who was blessed by the answers. We just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And we come in this night's Q&A into your hands. And I pray those who asked are listening. And you would comfort them, Lord, with the answers. Cause them to think. Cause them to draw close to you and not move away from you. as we heard you love us you yes. love us too much yes nobody has ever loved mm. us the way you do amen we are confused because we look into the world we don't look at you if you look at you all those confusion would just go away Lord. so i pray even today during this ministry people would not be confused but people would draw close to you Lord. thank you father come at this time into thy hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Espresso, so it's um, still the situation is not abating as, as it seems. So question 8 will say, why is it that God allows this fraud to go so far? Does he not see many will go faint and weary and give up serving God? I know he's teaching us patience, but how long will he allow the wicked to have their way and make the Americans miserable? Some want to kill themselves. Why God, why? Is my question. Hmm. We'll put ten also together. Yeah, where is, where in the Bible does it talk about America and God destroying China, America and Europe? Please explain this. Okay, uh, these two questions are from US. Okay, I might, uh, I might Prick your bubble a little today, okay? <laughs> First in the in the question, when the Veda in the Bible does it talk about America? By the time the book of Revelation was written, America did not exist. Okay, America is a very young nation. It's just 400 years old. Okay, it's a very young, very, very young nation, America. So we can only look into the pictures in the Bible, prophetic pictures, and try to see where America comes over there. Going back to your first question about the fraud and Americans miserable, let me look at 
let's not look from America's point of view or India's point of view or any point of view. Let's look from heaven's point of view. Hmm. God so loved the world. So God doesn't say God so loved a particular country. God does not even say he loved Israel. Hmm. Scripture says God so loved the world. world. Israel it's because of Abraham, the covenant he made with the forefathers and not Israel what you see today. It's a covenant keeping God. Just just, just to change your perspective so that you look at life and situations clearly. We have 1.3 billion probably in India, around the same in China. Between the two nations, we have 2.5 billion people. That is 2,500 million people. In America's population is 350 million people. So if you take in terms of numbers, if you want to look at that, that's how humans look at numbers. Where is America? Where is these two nations alone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay? Numbers. Then we look at the Christians in America. Now let us look at the Christians. Actually, the country is divided into red and blue. Nobody is sure who is Christian, who is not Christian. If you look at the platforms of what people, believing Christians, believe. If you look at the red platform and the blue platform, you look at the red platform seems to be more believing than the blue platform. Because if you are a Christian, the simple question is how can you be pro-choice. Mm-hmm. The, the level to pro-choice yes. or a party that has taken God out of its platform completely and is sanctioning every abomination. So we say 74 million voted for Trump. In that 74 million, how many are Christians? So I, we do not know the actual number of really Christians in America. Let us say 75 million Christians. That's a minute number. Okay. Hmm. How is the actual number of Christians in China? Probably it, over it, 100 million. Yes. Nobody actually knows. Even the Communist Party doesn't know the actual number. Okay. What's the number of Christians in India? We do not know. 75 million, 80 million, 100 million. We do not know. Okay. Now you look at China. They are incarcerated for life if they are a believing Christian and not bow to the dictates of the government. In North Korea, they are killed. I heard road rollers are put there, burned, or their road rollers roll over them to see that you do not defy the state. All over in the Middle East, they're attacked, they're killed, they're executed. Nigeria, we see that's happening. You look at all around the world, including this country, what Christians actually go through on a day-to-day basis. Hmm. And you don't see misery here. Christians not saying in this country, Lord, why Lord not? They're hanging in there. They're fighting that good fight. Nobody is crying about. They have no elections. Mm. We are talking about a fraud. I mean, that's a different issue. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying if you have to look at perspective, we are talking about a fraud that took place in the election. We are all we are all worried because of the influence America has in geopolitics. But there is no election in China. Every election from 1959 has been a fraud. There's no election in many of these countries. It is all stolen. It has been stolen for decades. One way or other, it's been stolen. Mm. But the church has been standing there. The remnant church is fighting it. They haven't given up. They didn't uh, know all this. They have lost their homes. They have lost their family members. They have been killed. They have been incarcerated. They have gone through it all. And looking at that, America hasn't gone through anything. Nothing. America hasn't gone through that persecution. You don't even know what persecution is. How we live. America doesn't know it. America has been sold by Americans. America is not exploding, it's imploding. Mm. The 
problem with America is America worships a God which is called Mammon. So even when they cry out to God, they are not cry out to God for holiness, righteousness. Much of cry is, is to is to maintain their way of life, way of way of life. One thing the one thing the what you call it. Uh, the forefathers made a mistake was they put one thing called pursuit of happiness. They should have written pursuit of holiness. Should have been a different thing altogether. They, they made it into their founding document, pursuit of happiness. Okay. So when you look at these things, you need to realize when Americans cry, your pain is nothing to what the church has actually gone through and still going through. And no nation on, on on the earth, except for Western Europe and America, where there's hardly been persecution. I'm talking about the recent centuries. The rest of the world has al- always been persecuted, always been persecuted, continuously been persecuted. So when you look at that, you will realize you do not have a spiritual vision, a kingdom of God vision. You have a very myopic American vision. American vision. You're not fighting for the kingdom of God. You're fighting basically to maintain your life, way of life. Way of life. And that's where the prosperity gospel originated in U.S. The prosperity gospel is just an exploitation of the American dream. Hmm. It has got very little to do with the kingdom of God. Yes. They use scriptures here and there and create a philosophy which is in tune with American dream and it sells well. And they sold the American dream into all the churches and actually weakened the churches. Now what we say, the chickens have come home to roost. roost yeah. mm-hmm. Sadly, it's come to roost. So the whole question, my question is, does he not see many go faint and weary and giving up serving God? My question is, you haven't even really faced adversity. You haven't faced adversity. Why are you faint? God's answer to every crisis has always been threefold. One, his son. Second, his spirit. His word. And third, his church. Mm-hmm. Okay, the word. That's from where the church is connected with the word. And the problem is, if we do not, let, let us say, let us say, my son, okay, uh, he's out and I give him money. And he keeps on calling and saying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. What do I tell him? I'm going wrong. I gave you something. You are hungry because you don't use of it. Okay, that's the reason. You got the money in your bank. You got the money in your wallet. Why don't you go and eat? Yes. No, I am hungry. Okay. A lot of people in the church who are faint and weary is because they have not made use of what God has given us. God has given his son. So what is that? The first thing, I have overcome death. The worst thing that can happen to me in this life is death. But death is the best thing that can happen to me if I know Christ. Because death is victory. It is not. That's where it all begins. You have to look at the worst case scenario. What is worst case scenario? Death. And he says, that's the last enemy. It's been conquered. God calls it the last enemy. It's not the first enemy, the second enemy. It's the last enemy. Read 1 Corinthians 15. It is called the last enemy. And scripture says, death has been swallowed in victory. Has been taken care, of. and after that, for everything before death, God has given us His Word and His Spirit, so that we are strong. We strengthen ourselves. You know what? We starved ourselves. America 
has no excuse. The rest of the nations have excuse because we don't have churches, we don't have pastors, we don't have the word, we are not have Bibles, Bibles are burned, presses, the enormous pressure is on the presses to stop printing the Bible, distribution is banned. Yesterday we had Christmas service, we had to have cops in the campus to give us protection all over the city. The churches, they had to give police protection. We're not going through any of these things. You had church at every corner, every nook and corner, the Bible like, like spread like water. Everything you had a Christian heritage, a Christian ethos. You know what? You gave it up. You gave it up. You gave it up. I'm not talking to the ones who had abused. I feel really sorry for your victims. I'm not talking about the young teenagers who were sold into this and all. I am not talking to them. They are victims. We pray for every day. We pray they will find a place of refuge. They will grow strong. They get filled with the Holy Spirit and they... But I'm talking to the rest of the population. What did you do? What did you do? Now the hour of trial has come. The hour of darkness has come. You're waking up and realizing, you know what? We don't have the strength to handle it. But the fact of this is that the church has been going through for 2,000 years. And if you have read the letters, the letters were always warning us to prepare for... And even in India... A lot of churches are in La La Land. La La Land, okay? And in La La Land. They have no clue what is coming. And the problem is when it comes, the, the 21st century warfare of the enemy is going to be so subtle. It is not going to be like the Spanish Inquisition mm. and all. At mm. least that, that you know suddenly realize. In much of the world, it is going to be so subtle, meaning it's like that. It's not like the storm coming. Mm. It is not like the water tsunami coming. It will be like the tide rising. The problem is, if you do not know about tides, mm. you will not realize it is rising. Yes. And you are lying on the beach, and you have not been warned. When you realize the tide, fall asleep, the tide goes over you, and you die. That's how it is coming in many parts, and it is subtly crept into the world. It has come. 2021 is going to be worse than 2020, because they are all, this is, everything they were planning is falling into place. But the thing is that the question has, it's very simple. It's, you go to back to Revelation 12 and verse 11. What is meant, she said over there is victory. It's not defeat in any situation. Mm. But the condition is this. They overcame him. Who is that? The face of evil. Satan is the face of evil. He's the father of evil. He's the father of abuse. He's the father of fraud. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He's a slanderer. Everything you want to name him, he is that. But the Bible says the church overcame him. How did they overcame him? By the blood of the Lamb. And And second thing, by the word of their testimony. What do I hear is woe unto me. I don't hear testimonies. I mean, I do hear a lot of you where you are saying that, you know what? We will speak the word out. Mm. We stand with the word. This is what the word said. We are more than overcomers in all these things. In all these things, we are more than overcomers. The second thing, third thing, it says they did not love, love their lives. Our problem is we love our lives. We love our lives too much. Mm. But the thing is that even we, though we have very little time, this is the time we need to build. That's why we were given the promise on 31st of 2019. Rise up and build. Why? Because the storm is coming. The storm is coming. Even this morning's message was connected with that. The standard vehicle won't fit. Mm-hmm. You need to be a luxury model mm-hmm. if you want to go through it. But God has given us. He's given us. I mean, more than any time, we are the most blessed generation because of internet. Internet can be used for bad. 
But if you use it for good, we have internet, we have access to any teaching you want. We have everything, live worship, live prayer, live word. But which generation had it? Let's go to the book of Revelation in chapter 1. And look at a man over there. Okay, if you want to be miserable, look at this man. This man should be miserable. Chapter 1. And verse 9 and 10. Look at what he says. I, John, both your brother and companion. In what? In, in tribulation. tribulation. He's in tribulation, which is true. He's a very old man. Very, very, he must be in his 80s or something. He did not die. He was the only apostle who did not die. Um, history says he was thrown into a pot boiling oil. But he came out of it alive. He didn't die. And now he's been, uh, what you call it, exiled to a rocky little, like, go on Google and look at the island. Patamos, you can see that. A rocky little island. Poor old man. Called Patamos. For what? For the word of the Lord. And the testimony of Jesus Christ. Old man in there. And he says, I am your brother and companion. What first? Not in the prosperity. Not in the pursuit of happiness. Mm, in the tribulation, tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Mm. He says, you know. And what is he doing? That's the most important part. How did he overcome in that situation? Because you overcome inside, not outside. If you don't overcome inside, you are going to lose outside. Inside, what does he say? I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What does it mean? What is, does it mean to be in the spirit? What did Jesus say to the Samaritan woman? There is a day that is coming. Worshippers will worship him in the spirit and truth. That's what he's saying. I'm worshiping mm. the Lord. Mm. And I'm in the spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice. God is speaking to him. See, what did he do? He was strong in the word. He was strong in the spirit in the hour of darkness. And this is the record of the Bible. Amen. In the hour of, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Mm. His three friends were thrown into the fire. Joseph was thrown into prison. He was sold into slavery. How did these people come through? They came through because they held on to God. And God brought them through. And that is the testimony. Because that is the proof of that your faith is real. What is the proof of your faith? Otherwise, it's a, it's a sloppy faith. It's not a real, it's a fake faith. Yes. That's why our faith will be tested. Our faith will be tested. Go to James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. What does the Bible say? Count it joy, all joy. What are the, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Do we count it joy? Or do we count it sorrow? That's a simple thing. First look at the attitude. What is John the John the Apostle doing? He's worshipping God. Why? Because he counts it as joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Okay? What is being tested? Our faith. Like again I say, I am not talking to the young ones, the ones who are abused, who are sold into that. God loves you. God will cover you. God will protect you. And even if you die, he will take you home. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the rest. You had a very comfortable life. You had all the time, all the money, all the resources. You had no persecution. Nobody stopped you from, you know what? We cannot even go singing carols in most places in this city. You will be stopped. This year there was hardly any caroling. Because you get beaten up if you go caroling. You get beaten up. Now we had a level of freedom here. We had our Christmas celebration. How many places in North India do you think they had? No. They didn't have. They didn't have. You couldn't like, celebrate Christmas. You couldn't gather. And they were watching. They were watching. No, they were watching. Alerts were being given everywhere. Be careful, be careful, be careful. And this is supposed to be one of a 
tolerant nations and talk about the other nations. So what the Bible talking about? Okay, so please understand, do not have a American perspective. No, what Paul says, my citizenship is of heaven. So when I go at life, I don't have an Indian perspective. I have a kingdom perspective. If you have American perspective, you will go down. If I have an Indian perspective, I will go down. If I have a Chinese perspective, I will go down. You need to have a kingdom perspective. perspective yeah. Okay, and then look at your trials. When you're looking at your trials, you have to ask first thing, is this trials because of my fault? Is this trials because of my faith? Mm. If it's because of your trials, cry out to God, repent. Repent. Confess. Ask for forgiveness. America's trials is because of sin. Yes. It is not because of righteousness. Yep. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yes. Okay? Sin. Okay? The church in China, what is going through is because of, of righteousness. righteousness. Yes. The church in America is going through because of sin's sake. Because you had, the, what the Bible says, you had the, the knowledge of God given to you. The Bible is, says that to whom much is given, much is required. And the one who is given, if he hurts, he will be beaten with more, more stripes. stripes. More stripes. America was given. And where has all this abomination legalized? In America. Hmm. In America. Okay? The blood of 70 million babies are crying out on the streets of America. America, no? You put up all of your, I'm just being honest, you put all this expensive makeup and everything, which is made from the embryos of these babies. It's a massive industry working underneath the belly of America. America, not the old America, the current America is built on the souls and the bodies of babies, unborn babies, young girls and boys, and men and women. That's a sad part. Now, what do you need to, need to do? Not crying, Lord, how will we survive? Go to God and cry, Lord, have mercy on my nation. Have mercy. Like they all did. Father, I have sinned. My father's household has sinned. And what are we selling? That's what I get upset. What are we selling? We are selling an American dream. We are not selling an American dream. We are selling the kingdom. The problem is America is built on money. In money. In money. Okay. Though you write in your one dollar bill in God, we trust. The fact is that you trust in your money. Hmm. You trust in your money. You look at America. You have a pandemic. You have a shutdown. What is everybody waiting for? Waiting for the checks to come. Two thousand, six hundred, two thousand. Who's getting money in India? Nobody gets money in India. We also have a pandemic. We are a very poor nation. The whole nation was shut down. Nobody got even one rupee. The government didn't give anybody anything. Who's getting money in China? Who's getting? Nothing. What is America everybody waiting for? $2,000. For money. Money. That's what they're waiting for. And your country is going into more and deeper and deeper into debt. But why are Christians waiting for money? Hmm? Why are Christians waiting for money? So you have to look at these all these pictures and you have to say, you know, Lord, we as a nation left our moorings. We were anchored in righteousness. Hard work, thrift, yeah. church, prayer, worship, word. We left that. We left that. Now what we do, instead of praying, we are playing. We are looking at the government to take care of us. No, the government to take care of us. No, what America should first do is repent. America has to repent. God says, when I send those things, if my people, people call, call by my, my name, will humble, humble themselves, themselves and then pray. And they repent and 
turn away. People are not. No? And those who have turned away, the Bible says, hang on to God. He will bring you through. The other side is also there. right? If you stand on his word, persevere through this hour of trial, God will bring you through. It's not that God will abandon the whole nation like that. No. Go back to Revelation. Three, All these things are there. Three, chapter 3. Was it? Hmm? Verse 8 onwards. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have little strength. How much strength do you have? Little strength. The, the believing church, if you have very little strength, but if you have kept my word and have not denied my name, Next verse. What does the Bible say? Yes, and verse 2? Yeah. Is there not? Yeah. Indeed I will make a, leave 9. Okay, that's, that's okay. And verse 10. Because you have kept my command, what is the command? To pursue. Pursue. It's a command. Ah. It's not mm. an option. Mm-hmm. But says, I command you, pursue. When the hour of trial comes, hang in there. Hang on to your faith. Hang on to my word. Hang on to my spirit. Stay firm. I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. That's what God is talking about. In the hour of trial, what are you supposed to do? Persevere. 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 Let's say, we as a church in India is praying for US. But let me ask you this question. How many churches in the US is praying for US? Bah. How many churches? They are given up. They are not even bothered. But we are bothered. Because we don't see U.S., we see the church. Church. We see the effect of the fall of U.S. on the church. church. Because the church will not have, have our, we are not, we are not praying for Britain. Because Britain has no effect on the church. We are not praying for France. Germany is on lockdown. There's no effect of Germany's pandemic or fall of church. Germany has already fallen. There are no righteous leaders in any of these places who are standing up. So why do we pray for America? Because of the effect. But the question is, are the churches in America praying? They are not. So you have to, you have to change the way you look. I'm not saying your pain is not real. Hmm. But I'm saying your pain is not true. Pain is not true. Perspective will change, okay? I will use, I'm not a racist, okay? I have no racist bone in itself, in me, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you. So you know, understand perspective. If I were to go to Africa, I would be considered fair. If I go to China, I would be considered dark. If I go to America, I would be considered black. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what am I? None of this. Yes. None of this. Mm. None of this. Yeah, none of this. Like I used to tell my church, people who used to come with me problems, I used to tell them, I would like you to volunteer in one of my homes for one day. I have a special need home where I have few mentally retarded, some on bedridden, who have cerebral palsy, who are fed through a tube. Why don't you come and uh, volunteer there for one day and go back home and see if your perspective changes? Bah. Hmm. You stay there for one day. Watch these children. Watch how their life is. They have to be taken care of 24-7. They are human, just like you. Stay with them for one day. Then go back home and you will say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Absolutely. Thank you, Lord. Okay? So perspective. This is about perspective. That's why you have to get into the word and start looking at it. The simple thing is that if you are saved, you are more blessed than most of the world. At least you know where you are going. Hmm. And the most of the world suffer and die and don't know where they are going. They don't know where you are going. 
this is how you have to know. Perspective has to change. I'm sorry, I'm not offending anybody. I really, my heart is for those abused. There's no, there's no uh, legitimacy to that. One of the worst things that happened in U.S., unlike in other countries, is the abuse, sexual abuse, the prostitution, the selling of young kids, the pedophilia, the worst of the worst things, which doesn't so much happen. It does happen, but so not so blatant what happens in America. That is unforgivable. But even those, God will bring you out. Just cry out, cry out, Lord, save me. He will bring you out. I'm talking about the rest of the system. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, we'll look at question number two and one in that order because it's kind of kind of connected with this global thing. It's global warming, concerned concerned with global warming. In India, the big international social organizations are huge advocates for global warming, but they can't have projects unless they're funded, obviously, by churches from Europe or US. Global agenda also is a part of the Antichrist or the Devil's agenda. My believer friends working in these social organizations are always advocating for global warnings. I don't know how to explain. First tell them to work there if they have to, but don't advocate. <laughs> okay? Advocate. Global warming, if it is real, is because of sin. It's not, not because of anything else. Mm. Okay, it's because of sin. I'm, I'm not denying the fact, uh, they said my voice is very low. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not saying, uh, I'm not denying uh, anything. I'm not denying anything because I'm not a scientist. But I'm also saying that God also told us to be good stewards of his creation. Mm. Okay? Good stewards of his creation. So that is one factor. The other side about it is, is that it's entire climate change. It's a big agenda. If you look at the Paris climate Accord from which President Trump withdrew, and therefore it practically became ineffective because America doesn't come in. And Biden is saying on the first day he's going back. The problem is, if you look at that climate accord, you look at that blueprint, the small print. There are a lot of dangerous clauses in it when countries sign into it. It is like EU. If you look at you, you have national sovereign states, which is controlled by a set of unelected bureaucrats sitting in uh, Brussels. Okay, unelected bureaucrats who are sitting in Brussels, controlling the fate of sovereign nations because you joined something. The same thing is going to happen with this. Unelected bureaucrats sitting somewhere in Europe is going to control the natural resources of sovereign nations, nations yeah. because you signed it. That is the, this whole agenda is to bring the whole world into one platform for the Antichrist to take over. You see, the Antichrist, in the book of Daniel, he, he says about when the Antichrist, Antichrist just cannot come. You have to set the platform for him. Because the world was set by the platform, set by God. Daniel, that portion where he says he will change laws. Twelve. Okay. Not twelve. Eleven, I think, yeah. Yeah. Chapter, uh, seven. Oh, yeah, okay, chapter, chapter seven. seven. And verse 25. Oh. Revelation chapter seven verse. He shall speak okay. pompous words against the most high. That's what you see all around the world. They speak against Christ. Shall persecute the saints of the most high. Okay? Mm. Only the saints of the most high. Not nominal Christians, not lukewarm Christians, only the saints 
are persecuted because they stand for the word of God, the truth of God, which is the law of God, and shall intend to change times and, and law. law. Mm. That's what he does. Because he has to change the law. If he cannot change the law, you cannot rule, because the law was set by God. Mm. So nations are framed on laws. So if you want to get control over nations, you have to change the laws. So he's changing the laws. If you want to have a one world global order, what is the global order? It's your natural resources. Okay, that's why they are fighting for no walls, open borders, because you want to make it one nation state. And then you have the natural resources. So they have to create something where people will willingly hand over. So what is the scare? Climate change. You have to willingly get people take a mark. What is the scare? A pandemic. Pandemic, yeah. Okay. What is happening with the pandemic? The whole world is going to be vaccinated with the same vaccine. Also, they have trial runs are going on. So you need to realize there is something. So at different level, laws are being changed. They will first use incentive. Then they will start coercion. Okay, then the, the, the Antichrist government, like I said, the devil is not God. Okay, it's not God. God is the only one who is omniscient, who is everywhere at the same time. He can see, he can hear a billion pairs at the same time. Mm-hmm. But the Antichrist is nor is man. So what did they do during pandemic? They have, we have the most coercive system now in place where everybody is, is being watched. Is being watched. If that was bad in 2020, wait for 2021. It's only going to increase. Mass surveillance is going to increase. What did they call it? They call it contact tracing. How nice. How nice. Nice word. Contact tracing. Okay. Contact tracing. And apps, mobiles, everything. They are going to be heard. This is news from China. Pastors have all destroyed their phones, cut their chips off. They have gone underground. Because there's a massive this thing against the underground churches in the U.S. going currently, which America doesn't even know. Doesn't even know. And what a pastor has gone because you have, you are, the, the government of China connects every citizen and they are monitoring. They have destroyed that. That means they are no longer even eligible for anything from the government and they have disappeared underground. Oh. China is a huge country. You can go underground. You can disappear. The army cannot. How many people do you have in the army? Even if you have 20 million people in a country of that size, you can just disappear. And people are disappearing and living on whatever they have for part for the sake of the righteous. And what does he do? Shall persecute the saints of the most high. And this is what happened. And what does the book of Revelation, as in book of Hebrews, look at the book of Hebrews, come to left, the two sides, okay, the other side of faith, okay, verse 35 onwards, 11.35. Women received their dead raised to life, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. My question to people living in the free world, western nation, are you ready for this? Mm. But your forefathers were. That's why they came to America. Yep. Okay, they were come to the um, one of the largest denominations in America is the Southern Baptist Convention. And Baptists died in their baptistry because they believed in immersion baptism. Those who opposed them murdered them in their baptism, drowned them in their baptism. Thanks. Yeah. They did. So every generation has gone through. America has gone through. The forefathers came through. They went through persecution. What happened in Europe during the Spanish Inquisition? How many millions were killed for their faith? If you had a Bible in your hand, you would die because you did not have the right to carry a Bible. In this, So people have gone through. And why should we think our generation is exempt from which 
our forefathers went through. Yeah, yes, yes. Every generation had its generation of martyrs for the faith. And the Bible says others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, meaning they could have got deliverance. What is that? Recant your faith. Yep. That's all. That's all. Accept what the government says. She is king. That's all you have to say. We accept the communist thing. We accept. We will have the church according to what you say. We will preach what you say. We will sing the songs which you say. They said no. Hmm. And what did they were? They were tortured. They were tortured. And the men who were tortured or killed were not bad men. Think about it. I mean, if you ever heard, read Watchman Nee. He was one of the greatest saints ever in God's kingdom. Ever in God's kingdom. Read his books. Read his revelations. You know what? 21 years. He was in a Chinese prison simply because he was a Christian. And then he was hung in the Chinese prison. Okay, hung in the Chinese prison. 21 years. What did he do to the government? Nothing. What did he do against the state? Nothing. Okay. Or Richard Wombrand, 14 years. What did these people do? Nothing. But you know what? They could have accepted deliverance. They refused. They refused deliverance that they might obtain a better, better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings. Yes, of chains and, this is New Testament, hmm. imprisonment. Yeah? They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Were tempted. What does it mean, were tempted? <laughs> they to were recant. tempted. All kind of ways to recant. Hmm. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted. You know, till today it's still happening. In the caves of Afghanistan, in the deserts of the Middle East, there are God's people living like this simply because they don't want to give up their faith. They're living like this in caves. They're living like this. They eat one meal a day and they pray their time through. They will say, we will not give Christ up. And what did the Bible say? Of whom the, the world, world was not, not worthy. worthy. The world said, you are not worthy. God says, it's the other way. Mm. These people, my saints, the world, you are not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and the caves of the earth. Of the earth. Right? And all these having obtained a good testimony. How? Through Through faith. faith. Did not receive the promise. promise. They're still waiting. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect Perfect apart apart from us. us. They haven't got their body yet. (laughs) They're all disembodied souls. They're all waiting for their body. And they say, how long, Lord? God said, wait. One more generation has to come through. When the number is five, you will get your bodies. You know what? We are delaying them. (laughs) They suffered. We didn't suffer. And that's what you need to understand all these agendas of the enemy. He will change laws and he will use he will use because people cannot be forced in free democracies forced. So what will he do? He will create situations, fool the people, and the governments in charge will change the laws. And soon a system will come, we will realize all the governments will say, okay, we need to come together. We need to come together. Okay, I'm not saying we'll go on global order, but it will be ten nations. It is coming. Corporations are you look again today. More billionaires have been added in India during this time of lockdown. <laughs> the rich are getting richer and richer and richer and richer. But only one set of rich which play, like Alibaba. China is after that guy. He's one of the richest Chinese billionaires. But I don't know what he did to offend she. He's, they're going after him. <laughs> so you need to be realized, you are going to be rich over here. You need to bow to the system. The way the system will come after it. So everything is played into it. And we are looking at, and the saddest part 
It's not for the people in the world. The saddest part is the people who are blinded in the church. They're so blinded. They have no clue what is happening or what is coming. coming. Because it is not a tsunami. It's the tide. tide. The tide is rising. The tsunami is in China and North Korea and all. They are used to the tsunami. For the rest of the world, the tide is rising. And people are not even aware. They are looking what to eat, what to drink, what to wear, without realizing these things won't even matter anymore. The question is, what is the price you're willing to pay for your soul? Amen. So to them, you have to explain what does it mean? What does the Paris Climate Accord mean? What will happen? Finally, when the nation state, sovereign states, loses their power of their resources, somewhere in Brussels or somewhere in Europe, they will start telling state, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And suddenly you will realize you don't even own what you have. They're coming to that. Yep. They will take away all private property. Once that all is in place, they will take private property and government will subsidize. You will be dependent upon the government. Then you don't listen to what the government says. Because in 1980, George Orwell wrote, Big Brother, he had written that. Okay, but it's coming to pass in our age. It's all coming into pass. First you create pandemic, then you create famine, then you make it dependent upon healing and food on the, the government. government. And you know what? And the government will look and say, a lot of people are not disposable. And they will dispose us of slowly. In ways it will raise nobody's suspicion. Let us say for Hyderabad. The government of Hyderabad says, let us say three people died of COVID. Who knows? Even if 300 dies, nobody knows. Even if 3,000 dies, nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. How will you know how many died? Nobody knows. In a country like 1.3 billion, if 10 million die a day, nobody will know. How will anybody know? Nobody will know. The country is so vast, so remote. Villages, cremations are going on. Burials are going on. Who knows? It is not. If it is not reported, what we see is the greatest suppression of news that is happening. That only what the government, that's not the government, the, the cabal that controls the system, only what they want you to know, they are allowing you to know. Otherwise, you will not know. Otherwise, you will not know. So we are saying the global system is in place. It's coming and it's coming for everybody. But God says, stand in faith. Don't buckle under this pressure. Yes, Pastor. The same person asked question number one also. He's uh, talking about eunuchs. I grew up knowing that eunuchs are half man and half woman, but I realized I was wrong and eunuchs were mad, made in, made in ancient days to serve the king. And there's no eunuchs now. I think in India, talking about Christians are all confused about eunuchs and LGBT. I'm surprised that mainline churches have projects or social work for eunuchs and LGBT. Okay, let me explain to you these two things. Okay, confusion. Let me make it very clear. Eunuchs are there. Eunuchs yeah, are there. Yeah. Eunuchs, if you define them, like, no, I hope I'm right. Eunuchs are assigned male at birth mm. who has had all or some of their external genitals removed surgically or it is called castration mm. it may not be done in a hospital but it is done in there okay for social or political purpose it is for a social purpose or a political like i believe nehemiah daniel, daniel. they were all eunuchs they were made eunuchs probably to serve the king the king wanted their loyalty okay so eunuch all the eunuchs who we don't know i'm just presuming because no family is mentioned 
because God, the king wanted their loyalty. And also the ones who are in charge of the harem were always eunuchs. Okay? So eunuchs, when they were born, they were male. There are no female eunuchs. They were born male. And they were castrated for political or social purpose. Okay? Historically, consent was not a factor. Oh boy. Okay, consent, you had no say in it. Yep. You had no say in it. Consent was not a factor. The other side about it is that the eunuchs, because the genitals were removed, they did not perform sexually. Transgender, on the other hand, LGBT, D, mm. transgender is a person who is confused about what his gender. gender. Okay? While transgenders have surgery to perform sexually according to the gender they choose. That's the difference. Eunuchs, the gender is decided at birth, they are male. And they were castrated. And they do not perform sexually. Transgender is somebody who is confused about their gender. And if they go through surgery, it is to perform sexually in the gender which they want to identify. Yep. So the eunuch and the transgender is completely different. They are not the same. Mm. Okay? Eunuchs, usually, surgery was done very early in life. With transgenders, they do surgery when they want to choose. Okay, they choose. Eunuchs, usually, they have, don't have a say in it. So, with transgenders, it is, they put it across as identity. It's a question of their identity. I am a female caught in a male body, or I am a male caught in a female body. Eunuchs don't struggle with that. Yeah. Okay, it's caught with an identity. So it becomes part of identity politics. That is why the abortion lobby links with the transgender movement. Why? Abortion is about choice, about your body. Woman should have the choice to determine to have or not to have a child. So the transgender says, you should not say, I may be a male born, but I feel like a female. So I should, it's my choice, my body. So these two lobbies come together. Hmm. Okay, come together. Okay, so you don't hear, you don't hear LGBTQE. There is no E there. No eunuchs over there. Okay, so you need to realize these are all political movements. Hmm. And it is all about the fallen man, me, myself. Me, myself. It is about the choice. That's, you should ask, how does the abortion lobby and the LGBTQ lobby come together? Because how do they come on one area? What is that? It's about choice. choice. It's my choice to be a lesbian. I was, I was born a lesbian. I was born gay. I was born transgender. So it is a, you don't have a right to tell me. I will choose my sexuality. Okay. That is where it comes. That's, that's where you have to look at it and uh, uh, the difference between eunuchs and transgender so that people understand. So churches, see these churches who have all these programs are not churches, let me tell you. And you should have programs. I mean, you need to help them out. We don't discriminate at all, okay? These are people who need help. But the problem is you cannot say that anymore. Mm. If you say that, they will say you need help. Yep. Hate speech. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that is where the world is good. That is why we look at it and people need to ask. When we pray for US, we ask for four years of mercy. Four more years. Mercy. We are asking for mercy. We are asking for grace. We are not asking for prosperity. Because the world is, world is going down very, very fast. fast. 
there was a time in history where the incline was like kind of it was slow but now we are at the edge of the cliff we are going down very very fast and if anyone is not preparing for the second coming of the lord and is preparing to settle down in this life is blinded is blinded because the only way things we get extra time is god puts his hand in god puts his boot in like in the door Hmm. Otherwise, the door is closing very fast, very, very fast. Because the way the world is changing, hmm. the like we saw in the book of Daniel, the portion. No? Let's go back seven, there seven, again. seven. Look at that. What it says. That one last part we did not, we did not hear, but we did not read because we are connecting it with something else. He shall speak pompous word against the Most High, and persecute the saints of the Most High. Shall intend to change times and laws. And what does the Bible say? The saint shall be given into his Present hands for, for a time, time and a times time. and half a time. This is talking about the three and a half years of the rule of the Antichrist. Because it's the return to Daniel, people want to say it is only talking about the saints, which are the Jews. My question to people is that, my, I mean, I, you are all great theologians. You work on eschatology. I am a baby when it comes to eschatology. My question to you is this. If you are a Jew, and you have not accepted Christ, how do you become no a saint? saint? Exactly. Because Ephesians 2 is, that is why I have this issue with this entire Jewish Christian lobby. I love the Jews, I love Israel, I love this, but I am not going crazy the way they do, because when I look into Ephesians 2, he has made one, one. man, Jew and Gentile, into, into one, one man, man in Christ Jesus, meaning if any Jew has to come to Christ, has to come, come to, to God. God. He can only come through Christ. There is no other way. The law is ineffective. There is no sacrifices. There is no day of atonement. There is no high priest. Mm. So where are you going? You don't even have a high priest. Mm. So where are you going? So God has said, there's only one way you have to come through my son. But if you don't come through my son, then you'll be judged like the rest of the others. Okay? So when in Zachariah he says, when they saw him whom they, whom they, they pierced. pierced. Meaning they believed in Christ. That's mm. when their salvation will come, when he appears. Not they believed in the law. Mm. Not because they kept the law. Because mm. Paul is very clear, by the law, no man is being just perfect. Man, yes. So when he's talking about the saints here, who are the saints? See, this is the problem with rapture. Mm. That is why I said, I don't want, I just want to prepare Lord. If it is rapture, I want to be part of the rapture. If it is capture, then I want to come through that too also. I don't want to deny you in any other way, Lord. I know it's not going to be easy. I know it's going to be very, very difficult. And I know your saints have come through. They have been captured for 2,000 years. They have been killed. They have been persecuted. They have been burned. They have been tortured. And what more can the Antichrist do? The only problem with the Antichrist is the technology has changed. Yes, yes. Okay, the manipulation has changed. So the Bible says the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. Is there rapture in the Bible? Yes. yes. Is there persecution in the Bible? Yes. Is there tribulation in the Bible? Yes. yes. Is there tribulation like no other time in the Bible? Yes. yes. If God had shortened the days... Even the elect would be. not be saved. So yes. we have to look at all these pictures and be very, very careful. Don't take lightly. Even my own church who's listening, you're all either worried about my job, what to eat, what to drink, or you have a job and you are musty. You're not really preparing. Mm. You're not really preparing. If you read your Bible and if God opens your eyes, you will not go out so much. You will be in your prayer closet. You will the, be in your prayer the closet. Thing, the thing is also that the 
advancement in technology and the corresponding moral decline is unbelievable the faster the technology is changing you also see that i mean the, the moral decline it's it's actually it's, it's, it's already there it's, it's already, it's already there. It's just coming the moral coming. decline uh, it's, the moral decline what technology has done is that sure what the technology unlike other ages what the technology has given to mankind is you can now sin in privacy without yeah. blushing yes yes and not be earlier in the old days and yes. all you know Those everybody knew the areas of sin and everybody was very careful about the respectable people never went there mm-hmm. now you can remain respectable outside and do whatever you want to do because of the inter- every perversion is available i heard in the dark net you can even kill can even kill on the dark what is your fantasy you can indulge in the worst fantasy which only madmen demon possessed people and kings and all did you can do it on the dark net all you need is money and it's a virtual life it's basically it is virtual at the end of the day if you let us say if you have a perversion of sex it is over in 5 minutes 10 minutes it's a physical thing but what about the virtual thing yes. you can they say put on on your whatever this thing now 4g 5g is coming 6g is coming faster and faster look at it. and that is how how can handle it who can handle it only one who can handle it who know who stays off the net yep. i have the net but the net is for a purpose the net is for the kingdom of god i am off the net i am off the social media i am off the news i am off i don't want to be part of it whatever news i need i hear from god it's up to date <laughs> it's up to date the bible is up to date okay and people are just wasting time people are not really preparing and like the poor children who write from america what is happening people are losing the faith you know the same thing is happening in the rest of the world people are not preparing people are not preparing people are not preparing that's why god says redeem the time for the days are evil walk carefully walk circumspectly carefully yes pastor vijay all right um so let's look at question number 3 pastor god says he will not give us more than we can handle i feel i have too much to handle every day sometimes i believe god is unfair is it wrong to think that way no honey i hope it's a child no, no honey it's not right to think god is always fair i wish you heard the christmas message mm-hmm. i don't know how if you look at what he allowed his son to go through we will know how fair it is our problem is we are confusing with god's love and god's righteousness you know god is righteous and god can we will say what is in god interfere <laughs> interfere mm-hmm. the problem is the day he interferes everything is over is done it's over everything is over because the day he intervenes directly into the entire human world is a day of judgment we have judgment till then he's staying off he's not that he's not involved but he's just st- keeping his hands off and allows man to run it because the day he intervenes it is a day of righteousness the day of righteousness righteousness is the result of justice of judgment there has to be a judgment the judgment out of that judgment right justice has to come out of justice comes righteousness the problem is james chapter 2 verse 10 james chapter 2 verse 10 whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point is guilty of all this is the problem of justice see when i am when i am it's it's like the old nurses rhyme we used to teach our children no policeman policeman don't arrest me 
arrest him. I, I, I stole silver, he stole gold. So don't arrest me. I only took silver, he took gold. We don't understand what the day of judgment is like. When the day of judgment comes, everybody gets judged. That's it. Everybody gets judged. <coughs> the abuser and the abused gets judged. Abuser gets judged not only for his abuse, everything. The abused gets judged not because you are abused, but all the other stuff you did. So that's the nature of the law. That's why law in that thing, the Greek thing with the eyes closed, it doesn't look at, it doesn't want to hear your pity party story. It want to see where you broke the law. You broke the law. That is why God is being <coughs> kind and giving people to cry out of mercy, receive his son, receive pardon, so that on that day you are not guilty. He kept the law. He kept the law. I don't have to keep it. I'm just hiding in him and I can come through it. You can act. You're not sneaking in. You're coming in through him. That's the only way anybody can come in. That is what you have to say. So when you look at life, does God give you more than we can handle? No, you have come through. When you wrote this question, that means you're coming through every day. One way or other, you're coming through. But, like I said in the first question, is there a question? Yeah, and somebody was, I think was, I thought was somebody. Uh, okay. Your, your, what happens is, if you really, really want to handle your pressure well, what you need to do is get strong in the word. Ask God every day, Lord, teach me. And second thing, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. That is his power. Power. Turn with me. to. I looked at in the morning in Ephesians chapter 1. That's one per, one word. Okay, chapter 1. 19. Okay, verse 18. Oh, 19. 19. 19. Okay. Okay, that our eyes should be open to see that what is the eyes of your understanding be at like you may know what is that? What is the look at verse eighteen? What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Believe. That's the key. He says the only thing that takes you have to believe, you have to come to that point where you actually believe according to the working of his mighty, mighty power. And what is the power? Look at twenty onwards. What is that power? And what is that exceeding power? Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named. What is he saying? The power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him far above everything on the right hand is the power that is given to us, available to us if you believe. That you can soar above every trial, every problem, every testing. You can overcome it without buckling. Hallelujah. God is not saying you will be bereft of pain. Pain is one thing which is physical. It's a physical thing. That can be from an accident also. It can be from torture also. So pain is a common thing. It's a neutral thing. We are not talking about pain. We are talking about overcoming your trials and your testing. That is what we are talking about. And that's how you have to look at life. People are more afraid of pain. But even if you go to get an injection, you'll get pain. No? Yes, Pastor Vijay. Next question will say, all the wicked people in the world, you're the average man goes through so much. And all the have, yeah. Have, and the average man goes through so much. I think that is not right. How can God allow people to be so downright mean, wicked, lying, mock, abuse, abuse, kids, murder, and the God is not allowing it. Okay, God is not allowing. It is a result of sin. It's a result of sin. Once sin came in, 
and the sin started doing it. But God, like I said, it's similar to the first answer. If God has to intervene, God has to intervene into everything. God cannot be selective. Okay? And he will intervene. A day is coming. And if anybody thinks anybody is getting away with any of these things, nobody is getting away with any of these things. Okay? Nobody is. The only way you can get out of it is by pleading for mercy and stop. And then God will accept. Uh, the law may take its course if you are found out or not, but otherwise you are clean before God. He will. Burn. But otherwise, we have no clue what the justice of God is. The vengeance of God. See, we are only allowed justice in our system by God. We are not allowed vengeance. God says vengeance belongs to me. Why is vengeance, you have to ask this question, why does vengeance belongs to God? Because we don't primarily sin against each other, we sin against God. If God has not said this is wrong, then it is not wrong. That's where David says, I have sinned against you and you only. So only he has the right to vengeance. And the day of judgment for his enemies who did not plead for mercy and receive mercy is the day of vengeance. The Bible says, who can stand? the day. It's a different Jesus altogether. If you look at the book of Revelation, the day of judgment, oh, it's a fearsome picture. That day, the look on God's face is so different. uh, Revelation 20 and verse 11. It's a, okay, Revelation 20 verse 11. That's the day of Lord's way. Then I saw a white, great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face Earth and the heaven fled away. <laughs> it just fled. This earth and the the heaven, which is always in his presence for all this millennium, on that day, one look on his face, they fled. <laughs> and there was found no place. They never came back. It's the day of God's vengeance, the day of God's judgment. Okay. So don't worry about them. Nobody is getting away with anything. Nobody. Buddy is getting away with anything. The mill of God grinds low, but it grinds fine. So don't even worry about the rich and all these people and all. You know what? They have no clue what is. And the Bible talks about even now the rich and the mighty who never received mercy, the abusers who died. You have no clue what the welcome they received. It's a red carpet welcome in hell. It's a red carpet welcome. You know why? The demons hate them more than they hate us. They're waiting for them. They tear them into pieces. It's a unmitigated, unrelenting suffering they are going through there. Okay, they are going through there. So please be very, very careful. I also tell you people who are in ministry, be very, very careful that you, that's what Jesus, that is Matthew chapter 7, 21. Uh, 21, 22, 23. We have to be careful. We who are in ministry have to be very, very careful. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Look at the next verses. Many will say to me that day, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, does many wonders in your name. This category of people. Okay? And what does God say? I do not. 23. I will declare to them, I never knew you. These 22 characters, but that is there in verse 22. Those category of people who reach hell, 
they will be tortured by the demons even worse than the others because they tormented the demons when they were on earth. So they will pay back time. It will be payback time. I'm telling you straight seriously. It will be payback time. He says, you are the ones who cast me out, right? I want to show you. Then they will have no power. Okay, so this, these are all very, very, the kingdom of God is not a matter of a joke. It's a very serious business. Very, very serious business. So we have to be on our toes because the day of judgment is coming. Who can stand in the day? Our God is a consuming fire. So all your victims who are abused and you look at all this wickedness taking place, don't worry about it. God has said, just pray. Nobody ends up in that place because it's a worse, it's a, it's, it's a play where you can never return. All these crazy guys, the FMs and all these crazy idiots who are talking about taking over the whole, they have no clue what is it. They have been, they have been fooled by their God, Baphomet. They are coming back as lions and this is the biggest lie that has been sold to them. They will coming back as this. Nobody is coming back. Nobody. I, I'm asking any one of them in this circle. All the people in your circle who died, who came back? Who came back? Nobody has come back. Not one person has come back. Why do you believe this lie? Nobody has come back. Nobody is coming back. It's appointed unto man to die once and after that it is judgment. And if you do not know Christ, you're going into a pit out of which you are, Bible is so, Jesus was so descriptive about it. Can I have it? Where there are worms. No? Do not die, I'll give it to you. Yeah, got it? Mark, yeah. Jesus is talking about what hell is like. Okay, so that you, you, we need to preach more about hell than about heaven. No? Yeah, look at the whole thing. Okay, okay. He says, to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Okay, fire is not quenched. Now you have these ancient forms of, ancient forms of, um, uh, torture. You tie a man, he's immobile, and just one drop of water falls on his head. It falls once an hour or something. In a few hours or something, he goes mad. He goes mad. Or they tie him up and just insects crawl all over him. Just don't even bite him. Just crawl all over him. You know, they just go crazy. That's what it means. Worm does not die. Just imagine you are tied hand and foot and you have worms crawling all over you. Think about it. They don't even have to bite you. And the fire does not quench you. Why is he using the term worm? But that's what happens to a dead body. Eaten away by worms. But he says, you see, on earth, in your physical body, when an animal dies or a person dies, the worms eat you. But when you reach over there, that body, the worm does not die because it's forever eating you. Forever eating you. The fire is not quenched because it's forever burning. Your body is fuel for it. Only God can allow such things like that to happen. Here, when you cremate a body, the body is cremated, the fire also goes. But there is a continuous cremation going on. But the body doesn't finish off, the fire doesn't die, the worm does not die. But see, you want to go there? This is the truth to all those in the circle and all those who are in the demonic. Let me tell you, this is the truth. This is where you are going if you don't repent. 
and ask for mercy and turn away from your wicked ways. This is where you're going. This is, if you have a Bible, red letters. This is from the word, mouth of the king himself. This is the truth. Don't believe the lies you hear. Nobody ain't coming back. You're not coming back as the lion or anything. Nobody is coming back as anything. This is where you are going. And in his mercy, even if you cry out, doesn't matter what you have done, you cry out and repent and make a restitution wherever you can. You know? Otherwise, this is what's going to happen. So, child who is written, don't worry. God is absolutely fair. On that day, we will realize absolutely fair. Yes, Pastor Vijay. This question says, we know that the Bible says to finish your work which we have started. But can we decide according to the priorities in our lives? Yes, but priorities should be God-given. First, you have to decide on your gender. Are you male or female? Okay, Because priorities differ from man to woman. It's not the same. <coughs> priorities are different. Okay, don't listen to what the world says. Because when you end up, you end up before God on the day of judgment, you cannot bring any idea from the world over there to buttress your point. <laughs> you will mm. be judged by the word. Jesus said, on that day, I will not judge you also. Father has given all judgment to me. On that day, I will not judge you. Can we find that portion? But the word that you heard John, from me John. will judge you. He says, I will not. All judgment has been given to, mm. by the Father to the Son. But what is going to? Hmm? Got it? Yeah. John 12, yeah. 48. 12, 48. Yes. Hmm? I don't think there is the full verse. Hmm? 47, 48. Which is that? John yeah, 12. 48, okay. If anyone hears my word and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Hmm. He who rejects me and does not receive my words... Has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge, judge him in the him last day. What is going to judge us? We are carrying our judgment paper with us. Bah. This is our judgment. God says, you know, the word that you heard <coughs> is going to judge us. So even when you look at life, please do not look at life from the world's perspective. Don't look at that. Look at life from the word. That's why first decide on your gender. How are you born? First born male. I am a male. How were you born? You were born a female. I am a female. Mm. Period. Doesn't matter. The world says what does my feel like. My feelings has got irrelevant. God did not make a mistake. This is what I am. And then look at what you are. Like have we asked in the matter. In the sovereign will of God. Should I get married or shouldn't I get married? It's a sovereign will. You can choose. Both options are given. And if you are married, are you a man? Are you a husband or a wife? Positions are given very clearly. Because if you don't know your position, you don't know your priorities. You don't know your priorities. If you need to know all this to understand what your priority is, because you can have your priorities all wrong. A lot of people do not have priorities. Priorities is gone. What is the priority of the man? What is the priority of the woman? If you don't know your priorities, you could be the most busiest, most successful person and be condemned in heaven and judged in heaven and lose if you're saved, lose all your rewards because you got your priorities all completely warped up, messed up. And that's what God is talking about here. You know, how do you understand your priorities? You have to look at who am I? Mm. Who am I? What is that he wants me to do? If you are a woman, you are a wife, you are a mother, your priority is absolutely very clear. God won't change his, God won't change his word for anybody. Mm. Your priority is your home. Your priority is your husband. Mm -hmm. Your priority is your children. That is your priority. Number one priority. That mm. is your priority. 
The Bible is very clear about it. He will not change. And if you're not handling your home and you're handling everything else, you may be the most successful entrepreneur or um, chairman of this company or CEO. What difference does it make it in heaven? What difference does it make it to God? It doesn't make any difference to God. The question God is going to ask if you're a mother or a wife is that, did you take care of your husband? Did you pray him through? Did you take care of your children? Did you pray him through? Did you build your home? The spiritual house? A safe place? Did you do that? Did you take care of their body? Did you care of their soul? Did you do that? I gave you that incredible responsibility. That you were busy doing other things. Did you do that? Okay. And if you are a man, he will ask you the same thing. What did you do? What did you do? Did you submit to me? Did you hear from me? I asked you for the washing of the word. Your job was to wash your wife with the word and wash your children with the word. But you were never with the word. Where were you with the word? Yes. Where you were with the word? You were never with the word. You were busy with everything else. Okay, that was your job. But that was not your work. That was your job. Mm. Your work was this. Your kingdom given work was that you should be a man who was under Christ. A man under the word of God. And then you use that word of God to wash your wife. To wash your children. Okay. On the other hand, what has happened? People don't even know their priorities. Do not know their priorities. Everything has been what you call outsourced to the church. Okay. Oh, I have taken my wife to the church. Let pastor speak to her. And I have sent the children to Sunday school. Let them teach her. God says, no. no. That is in addition to what happens in the home. Like the people says, we want prayer restored in the schools. Somebody stands up and says, do you pray in your house? No. What are you fighting about the schools? Prayer is not stop in the schools first. It stopped in the house first. Yes. yes. If it had not stopped in the house, it could have never been stopped in the schools. Hmm. Because every student would have been praying. Half the students were not praying in school because half the homes were not praying. Yep. Okay, that's where it went wrong. No, it is tough, but truth is hard. It is harsh. Unless we are going to change, like I keep telling every year and analysis, if you don't change how difficult it is, how long, how far we have gone in the road, if you don't take a U-turn according to the word of God, 2021 will be like 2020. There will be no difference. <laughs> the promise will be given and forgotten. Nothing will change. The only thing that will change is that the dates will change a little. Like um, December 31st is Friday. Yeah. Friday? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. Next year it will be Friday. That's all. Mm. First is a Friday. <sighs> Next year it will be Saturday. Other than that, there will be one day ahead. That's all. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to change. Trouble will change. It will be more. So people have to be very, very clear. We have to be very clear about our priorities. What is my priority? And wherever you are standing today, look at where you are standing today. Each one. Am I young? Am I youth? Am I a child? Am I single? Am I married? Am I a widow? Am I a grand? Wherever you are, look into it. Go into the word of God. Find your place. And put that as priorities. That's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is priority. I have to look at my life through the kingdom perspective. Kingdom perspective. Otherwise, I'll get it all wrong. You'll get it all wrong. And you cannot outsource anything in the kingdom of God. Each one has to bear his burden. Hmm. Question number six, uh, Pastor, will to, to, should we take this final question? Yeah, we'll take, and, uh, about finishing your work. Like I said, right, that's how you make your choice. Like, uh, let me talk about my own minor case and Vijay's case. I advised to him, contrary to mine. I was doing my PhD, he was doing his PhD, I was doing much before him. In my case, I was doing my PhD, I was in one of the 
reputed institutions and all that, or central universities, whatever it is, it's irrelevant where mm. you do it. At the end of the day, what happened? I was doing a literature, and literature is connected with ideas and theories. And every theory you are given to work with anti-God theories. And I was struggling. When I was doing my PhD, I was already in ministry. And it was like chalk and cheese, good and evil. It was very difficult to reconcile with this because when you go into a secular institution, everybody sitting over there is dealing with only these wicked ideas. And you have to either bend and have a PhD or, so I made my choice, I quit. I quit. I simply couldn't do it because it's very difficult to have peace in your mind about the work you are doing. Because one evening you are doing this, daytime you are trying to do this. And your mind is split between two things. You are studying the word of God to preach, then studying on a secular anti-demonic ideas, okay, to do something else. So I quit. But when it came to him, I told him, no, don't quit. Finish your PhD. Because you are not dealing with ideas. Mm-hmm. This is a completely neutral thing. PhD is a good thing. PhD is a good thing. I still remember, huh? I mean, it's interesting, it's Pastor Walson who told me in the 90s, he told me, James, if you're doing a PhD, do your PhD. Because you say, when you have this doctor attached to your name, mm-hmm. even in ministry, it opens doors which otherwise is not opened. Because in the world where we go to witness, people respect that. Mm. So if you can finish it, I still remember him saying, and I actually told him the same thing, it's useful. You know, at the end of the day, oh, Dr. Vijay Kota, uh, uh, it's from the Bible College? No, it's a secular degree, yes. Where did you get it from? Oh, in robotics. And even now people respect you. Oh, you did a doctorate in robotics. Oh, you're a doctor in medical science and you are a pastor, yes. So they respect you. Okay, so they respect you. So there's nothing wrong in it as long as it's not messing up your mind mm. and you know you're not denying God. So that's where the priorities came. Okay, but everyone has to make their, so when you're talking about finishing a work, can you finish it? The question is, can you finish it? Okay, can you finish? Priorities change in life. Can you finish it? Is the question. You need to ask, like let us say, you know, a lot of people do silly things. Hmm. You know, they get married, you know, they get married, then they get pregnant, but they have a career, so they quietly go and abort the baby. Priorities are different. Because they're suddenly thinking, now if I have this baby, you know, what have this baby, then this baby is going to be a hindrance, then I have already planned out my career, I don't want to have a baby now, I will have the baby five years later. You know, priorities. So be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. Nothing is worth more than the kingdom of God and standing before God without guilt. Our conscience is free. Okay, so yes, question number six. We must repent and turn, but at times we go back like a dog goes back to its vomit. We break the iniquity, we break the curse, we break it. Why is that? Why is it that it follows us everywhere we go? <laughs> it is not following you. The thing is that uh, in some cases you need deliverance. It needs deliverance. And you may need to fast yeah. and pray and need deliverance. And also, let me tell you, I saw this with my father. He was, he was a good man. I loved him. Only thing, he became alcoholic in his later days. became alcoholic. But I also knew that he was a very strong-willed person. I also saw that when he wanted to stop drinking, he would he could stop drinking. And he could stop drinking for months together. <laughs> just just stop drinking like that. And, and then go back to it again like that. 
So the question is, when you say you go back to it, what are you using? Mm. Your will. Mm. Exactly. Okay. So it, it, it's, it's, see, you, we have a will. Will, okay. So sometimes we outsource the blame to a lot of stuff. A lot of things in life can be done by will. Because if we are sinning consistently, that means our will is strong in that area. So we have a strong will for the wrong thing. Okay, the will is not weak. <coughs> the will is there. And we can turn that will over to the right thing. You know, we have to use, ultimately we have to use our will. And also create all that, uh, what you call it, create that situation where you are free. Because like I said, the first line of defense is temptation. That's what the Bible doesn't say. Bible says about uh, repenting of your sin, confessing of your sin. The Bible never says about repenting of your temptation. It says flee. It says flee. That's the first line of defense. So if we can put a line at the first line of defense, if you have a weakness, whatever vomit you have, we want to store, it can be different things. If you look at what you're, temp- what you're tempted, it can be food to sex to drugs to anything it can be. Okay. You look at the first line of defense. Where do I get tempted? How do I get tempted? Who causes that temptation? You will have to handle it there. Yes. Handle it there. If you handle it there, it becomes much more easy. easy. And once you have handled, there is pain involved. Mm. There is grief involved. If it's a relationship, there is pain. If it is drugs, there is pain, withdrawal symptoms and all that. But you have to make a choice. Make a choice. Invest some money. Put a premium on your... Put a premium on it. Invest some money. Let us tell you about a drug habit. If you have a drug habit and if you really, 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 really want to break out of it, save some money. Save some money. Take a vacation. Go to Singapore for 30 days. You will kick your habit. Because if you try it, they will kill you there. Pick a place. Go to Dubai. Go to Singapore. If you have relatives, friends, say, I will pay for it. Please will you invite me there. I want to come there and stay for 30 days. You know what? You will come back clean. If you have a will, there is a way. Mm -hmm. There is a way. You want to kick a habit. There are places where it is. It's a no-no. Not don't go to Amsterdam. <laughs> okay. Don't go to Amsterdam. Pick a place. Invest some money because you're investing money in everything, right? Invest your money in your deliverance. Invest your money in deliverance. Okay, that's what you do because you look. You have to first put a you put a value on your soul. Yes, put a yes. value on your soul. You know what? I really want to kick this habit, mm. and I'm willing to go through that pain. I'm willing to go through that pain. It's painful. I'm not saying deliverance is easy. It is painful. But you should be willing to go through that pain. And once you come through that pain and you're willing to pay that price for it, because everybody is willing to pay for price whatever they like. Mm-hmm. They are willing to pay. Oh boy, how people sacrifice for what they like. And God says, what is the profit? At the end of the day, if you lose your soul, what does it profit you? Sacrifice for the right thing. Mm. Your soul is more precious than anything. Are you willing to put some sacrifice? Put some money into it? I'm telling you, practical ways. Deliverance is there. But I'm talking about, if you cannot meet a deliverance person or somebody, there's still practical ways to come out of it. You know, make yourself accountable and say, you know what, I'm going to this person and say, I know you are clean. I know you are absolutely gung-ho about it. Can I stay with you for 10 days? And I will be accountable to you. Mm-hmm. I will stay there. I want to kick this habit. 
the person will say, yes, it's fine. It's fine. And people will come out. Even secular people are coming out of stuff. <laughs> How much more the children of God for whom God is there, His Spirit is there, His Word is there, His house is there. Secular people yeah. are coming out of social media addiction, internet yeah. addiction, pornography addiction. They are coming out of it all. Mm. So they realize it is dangerous to their mind mm. in their success in the world. Mm-hmm. It is mine. So they are getting rid of it. Mm. <laughs> they are not even talking about eternity. They are making sacrifices in these game. things for a temporary for a game. And we are looking into eternity and we are not willing to make sacrifices. Yes, Pastor Vijay, will stop it yes. for the day. Pastor, I have one question in, in light okay. of this. I have seen, uh, even in other religions, uh, especially in Islam, okay, I was, I was looking at some interviews about uh, some guys who were um, into secret sin, essentially. Okay, and they knew it was bad. Uh, and they were trying to fight it out. Mm. Right. So they were also interested in what they call as a secret life and secret sanctification. Mm. So how is it different for a guy who is from another religion who's who's talking about his private For sin? him it is the conviction which the law brings. Okay. okay. There is conviction of sin comes from the law. If it's not there in the in yes, the, yes, in yes, the yes, law, yes, okay. then there is no conviction. That's why there is not so much conviction in Hinduism. So because he, they, they say that ha- masturbation is a haram. You yeah, say. It, because it is haram. Mm. Because it is haram. It's, it, conviction comes from that. Okay. okay. Now if you look at it, if you look at the other warped form of radical Islam, killing somebody for the name of Allah is not haram. Well that should be the biggest haram. haram. Mm. Taking innocent life should be the biggest haram. But it is not haram. So you see, your conscience is manipulated by the law. Mm. But in the kingdom of God, it doesn't work like that. Okay, it's not working like that. So when they are trying, it's because it is written. What is the purpose of the law? If there was no law, I would not know what sin is. is. So law has its work. The law doesn't help you. But you're always struggling, struggling, mm. struggling, struggling, struggling and falling. But the law doesn't help you. Mm. The law will tell you what is right and what is wrong. It doesn't let one little finger to help you. Yeah. Actually, it condemns you. Mm. So you walk through condemnation. But in the kingdom of God, you need okay. to realize there is help. God is there to help you. Mm. The Spirit of God is there to help you. And He is for you. Mm. You're not in this fight alone. It is not the like, the law. The law has brought you to Christ. Mm. And Christ is not just your Savior. Yes. He's your deliverer. Yes. Yes. He saves you to the uttermost. Mm. But when He goes to you, He may tell you practical things to do. Mm. Yes. Okay, Jesus could have. Be clean. He told the leper. He touched it. The others, he said, go show yourself to the priest. So you have to listen to him. His ways are not always the same. One leper, he touched him and said, you're clean. To others, he said, go, show him. One, he touched and said, let it be according to your faith. Another, he made and put in. He said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So you have to listen to him because the healing is in the way he prescribes. Mm. That's why he says, I am the way. So be very careful to listen to the way. Listen to the way because your healing is in that. When he told the blind man, go to the pool of Siloam and he refuses to go. He goes somewhere and says, somebody says, there's a bucket of water over here. He washes. He's not going to get his sight back. But that's not what he said. That's not what he said. So that is where we have to listen because it's not one cap fit all. Oh. Hmm. You have to be very, because there are many people with the same yeah. ailment healed by Jesus in different ways. Yes. Why did he do it different ways? To tell you that each one has to learn to hear from me. Mm. Your problem is different. Your blindness is not the same as his blindness. It looks the same to you, not to me. 
You have a drug habit, he has a drug habit. But his drug habit and his drug habit are two different things in God's sight. Because how it happened in him and what happened in him, the iniquity with him, the iniquity with him, are all different. Mm. Only he knows. So we have to listen very, very carefully to what God is saying. This is the way you will get healed. Mm. And listen to it. And that's where our healing comes. No healing. Because faith comes from here and here and from God. From the word of God. And no healing comes. And we have to listen to, we have to be willing to hear and be willing to obey. You know, because it's not a quick fix. Like, <laughs> Naman came out there, go seven, dip seven times, you know. Mm-hmm. Or wasn't there any rivers in Damascus? There are better rivers, better water. Go back the way you came. Mm-hmm. Go back the way. But seven times. Mm-hmm. Seven times. Not six. Seven times. And seventh time you dip and get out, your skin is like a child's. Now you don't have to go eighth time. It's not going to make any difference. Yeah. Some people go overboard. No, seven times, yeah, I want to do eight, nine, ten. Nothing happens. You're wasting your energy resources. <laughs> I'm talking about really people who waste their energy and resources because they do not know where God said, stop, stop. Mm. That's over. It's finished. Get Ishmael out. Don't invest in Ishmael anymore. It is over. Done. Finish. Put a break. No. Eighth time. Ninth time. Tenth time. You know why? Because they didn't still didn't fully obey. They went to the other side. Mm. It's not that they were five times or six times. They went eight, nine, ten. Mm. What are you doing? You're wasting your resources. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy because you are not still obeying. Obeying is seven times. Is seven times. Mm. You got healed, walk away and go do the work of God. You have to learn to hear because you can flip on either side. Let's pray, Pastor Vijay. Amen. Amen. We'll close in prayer and yes. tomorrow God will lead. If he tarries to come tonight and he gives us another day, we meet in his house. The final Sunday of 2020. Oh boy. Pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We just want to thank you for your goodness and your kindness. Thank you, Lord, for answering so many questions, oh Lord. We thank you. We trust. We thank you, Father, for the wisdom that you have given to your shepherd. Thank you, Lord, for Father, your anointing that restored, rested over all of us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would be able to, that we would, Lord, be able to receive whatever answers you have given to us by faith, because your word says the word of God has got the power to work in those who believe. And I pray, Father, whatever word we have received will work in our lives and will draw deliverance in our lives. Thank you, Father. We come at this day into your hands, the night into your hands, O Lord Jesus. Grant us a good night's rest. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, we will prepare ourselves, uh, if you choose to give us yet another day in the land of the living, to be found in your house and to listen to you and to prepare ourselves continually for your coming, O Lord. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.